On today's show, our all-gay panel reviews Netflix series Hollywood and discusses the pressure on real-life gay actors to hide their sexuality. What up, what up, listeners? Welcome to You Better Represent podcast, proudly part of the Sonar Network. Each week, we explore representation in cinema by reviewing a minority-led film and debate a cultural topic plucked from the movie's themes. Joining me for today's show is award-winning filmmaker and comedian Robert Watson. Hello. How you doing? (laughs) I am wonderful. How are you doing? Ah, I mean, uh, getting through, getting through this uh, wonderful world we live in these days. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I am super excited for today's review. I was watching this all week. Um, and just for, just so uh, just so our listeners are, are, are caught up to speed, um, Hollywood is about a group of aspiring actors and filmmakers in post-World War II Hollywood who try to make it big, no matter the cost. Um, it was created by Ryan Murphy from Glee and American Horror Story fame, and it stars David Cornsweet as Jack Costello, Darren Chris as Raymond Ainsley, and Laura Harrier as Camille Washington. And honestly, there's so many other famous people um, in in supporting roles, and and we'll get to them um, for sure. Uh, Hollywood is somewhat based on real life. There there are elements of it based on real life. Like Dylan McDermott's character Ernie West is based on a real-life gas station pimp um, named Scotty Bowers. And... uh, (laughs) And the um, it, you know, there they mention an actress named Peg Entwistle who jumped to her death in 1932 um, from the Hollywood sign, and that is actually a true life story. So they are taking elements of real life, but sort of like twisting it. I think this is like a bit of a trend in Hollywood right now, like with uh, Inglorious Bastards and uh, Once Upon a Time in mm-hmm. Hollywood. It seems to be like rewriting. Um, rewriting real life with, with with a different twist and i do know that um that ryan murphy had said that what he wanted to do with this was to um was to give some of these real life people a happy ending um so that is mm-hmm. sort of what, what, what he's done like rock hudson you know how his real life ending wasn't as happy and same with anime wong of course both of them died um of of AIDS and of a heart attack, uh, respectively. So um, they get much happier endings um, than that on here. But let's let's uh, head on over to Robert for your non-spoiler thoughts and overall reactions on Ryan Murphy's Hollywood. Yeah, uh, Ryan Murphy, and of course uh, his co-creator on this one was Ian Brennan, who uh, specifically mm-hmm. uh, worked on Glee uh, with him. That was their first project together. Uh, I, I think it's that this is a, a a great example of like well-intentioned white people uh, you know, giving <laughs> giving their revision of, of history and I'm definitely someone who's been accused of being a well-intentioned white person before so <laughs> I know the feeling but I, I will say my first uh, reaction to this is like I mean the cinematography the building mm. of the world of 1947 1948 Hollywood I mean, Something like that just takes me right in, and the way that uh, Ryan Murphy builds worlds in particular is always so uh, fantastic to just see, like, the, first of all, the colors, 
um, the mm -hmm. accurate um, scene pieces, costumes, all of that. I mean, he really doesn't um, cut corners with any of that kind of uh, kind of elements in any of his works. So, I mean, first and foremost, it blew me away with its cinematography. That in itself made me want to watch more. Mm. Uh, and also the characters are, you know, I mean, first of all, it's a Ryan Murphy, so... You know, there's mm -hmm. going to be some male skin, and and I'm always a fan of that. And uh, I think that's like you know, score one for gay equality on screen, getting to see some sex mm. scenes and stuff like that, and done tastefully as well. So, um, mm. but yeah, the the story really draws you in at the beginning. I, I really like like what you were saying about Ernie and the and the gas station, and how it's actually oh. a cover. For this, and this isn't really a spoiler because it's in the first episode. Um, how it's a cover for you know men uh, who service women and men uh, sexually in Hollywood, and I that you oh. know that brought me in right away. I was like, oh, I want to know more about this, you know. Yeah, no, that was definitely one of my big takeaways of my overall reaction was the positive depiction of sex workers, which we don't see a lot on film, which is great. Now, I'm not sure how much of that is because it was uh, predominantly male sex workers, and it would be nice to see, you know, uh, a, um, a similarly positive depiction of female sex workers, but, you know, this was a period piece and based on real life, so, you know, I, I get it. He can't do representation for, for everybody, but, you know, I, I did like the, the depiction of, of sex workers um, in here. I definitely liked the... Uh, as you mentioned, the uh, copious amounts of uh, of, uh, of, um, of of um, of of uh, see, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting flustered <laughs> with all this. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the the guy who played Rock Hudson. Like, I was like, listen, I was obsessed with Rock Hudson when I was first, you know, coming out and learning about like gay culture and you know his history. I watched a lot of his movies. I was like obsessed with him. So when I knew he was going to be a character in this, I was like, oh no, I was like. You know, bitches better get somebody hot. Like, I don't need... Like, that's... He might be, like, one of the hottest people ever in Hollywood. Like, how are you going to cast? Yeah. But I thought oh they God. did a good job. I think um, the uh, the actor's name is Jake Picking. And he, I, I thought he did a really good job. Um, my, my overall reaction was, you know, the... For the first three episodes, I was thinking this is just very classic Ryan Murphy, um, mm -hmm. which has its uh, positives and negatives. I, I thought that, um, you know, he did a good job setting up the world, but the characters felt more like caricatures, which definitely happens in, in a lot of his, his shows at, at the very beginning. But usually what happens in his shows, let's say like like Glee is, you know, he'll get through a certain amount of episodes, but then because they're such caricatures, they just become so over the top and he pushes and pushes to the point where you just don't care about them anymore. And actually, this one was the reverse because at first, you know, he was very heavy handed with the characterizations. And I actually felt like I didn't believe them as real characters or real character motivations until halfway and then everything kind of like clicked and then I started to become invested and their character choices made sense based on what we knew from them so I don't know what happened halfway through but honestly I remember I was talking to it's my boyfriend about this and three episodes in um, I was telling him I was like you know I'm not really feeling this this is just like weird caricatures and such and he just told me you know keep watching it which obviously i had to do to do the review anyway but he's like keep watching it he's <laughs> like it's actually pretty good and he was right by the end i was actually pretty invested they did 
flesh out the characters, um, which was really nice to see um, from a Ryan Murphy project. So, you know, not throwing shade at Ryan Murphy. I love Glee. I love all, all his other things, but they do tend to peter out. So this, I really liked how how they actually became better characters over time, which was which was really nice to see. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that to a degree. I think there's some uh, characters that deserved uh, more fleshing out, uh, particularly the character of uh, Camille, uh, who is the black actress that is um, is moved up through the studio to getting to getting uh, uh, bigger parts and a, and a bigger bigger mm. role in the big movie. Uh, and I felt like there was, there was a lot more that could have been done with her character, a lot more that uh, she could have been, they could have written in that she was reacting to the reality of the time because they touch on things yeah. uh, about, you know, 1948 America and her as a black woman, as an actress coming up, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of what was going on for her world. Uh, and I felt like that was glossed over for the sake of a lot of the other people that were maybe considered more main characters in Ryan Murphy's eyes. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. And you know, let's let, let's jump into that topic of of character arcs. And I think to properly talk about that, we're going to have to now put on our full spoiler warning. So anybody watching or listening to this, you have been warned. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I, I think you're right with uh, with uh, with the Camille Washington character. Uh, they definitely could have fleshed her out more. Um, she is one of the ones that started as a caricature and kind of ended as a caricature. I didn't know, you know, I, I remember I was thinking about like the, the acting at the end and I was like, uh, I don't know, was it the character? Was it the actor? I don't know if she was quite the right actor to play the part. She didn't really quite grip me, but as you said, it might've been like the actual writing. They didn't really give her much room for growth or a character arc. She was kind of the same character at the beginning as the end, outside of she she did achieve what she wanted um so I, I i guess i guess there was like a narrative arc but i think with a character i think one of the questions as a writer you have to ask is like how does this change um the character when they get what they want and i'm not sure i really got that answer um you know i feel like i got that more from the characters around her like you know i i knew what it meant to anime wong i knew what it meant to um hattie um i'm gonna get hattie McDaniel, yeah, that, yeah yeah the the queen lativa character um i felt more emotion from them in in her big in camille's big moment than from yeah. camille um if you know what i mean Especially from uh, the Hattie McDaniel, because yeah. you get that whole story about how she wasn't allowed into the theater until they they finally were like, okay, you you've won the award. Now we'll let you on stage. Yeah, because it was a segregated theater. They wouldn't even let her in in 1939 for her win with Gone with the Wind. Mm. Um, so I, I like I appreciated actually having that character, but uh, as a historical reference, but also seeing the the. The wow, the change that has occurred in 1948, which is also part of this revision of of fantastical history that Ryan Murphy's giving mm -hmm. us, and uh, I mean that's actually where most of my problems lie with uh, with the, this show because I, I was taken in by the actors, I loved what they did, I loved the story, some of the storylines, but this idea of you know in the last episode in particular, them talking about you know the movie uh, the the movie comes out that Camille's the starring uh, mm -hmm. called Meg. 
and you know they, they show they what they did in the show they love showing newsreels to catch up with what was going on in the world and they show a newsreel after Meg gets released and and they you know they they said there's you know there's going to be protests there's going to be a lot of people really angry there's going to be death threats because we have a black woman in a lead role in 1948 and she's not playing a servant mm-hmm. and then the newsreels come out it's like the great response to Meg, all all ra- racist protests have melted away, and now now Hollywood's promised to make more films with with people of color and with women in leads. And I'm just like, okay, it's 1948. Back it up, you know. You're not solving everything with this one movie. Yeah. Although, but that's sort of what Ryan Murphy wanted to do. He make this fantastical solution, I guess. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so too. I think, you know, he did say he wanted to write a happier ending for all these real life characters or, you know, half real life, half fake characters. <laughs> he, he definitely went there. Um, I do feel like he might have written himself into a little bit of a corner by giving everybody such a happy mm-hmm. ending. There's even characters, you know, like uh, Neil Patrick Harris. No, not Neil Patrick Harris. The uh, Jim Parsons. Yes, uh, Jim Jim Parsons's character, where I was like, yeah, I was like, did he really need a happy ending? Did he really need like I was like, I'm not sure I really needed him to like get what he wanted. Why does everyone have to become good? Why does everyone have to become good at the end of this show? Is what I found too. Like even Claire, who was mm-hmm. the the white girl in contention with Camille for the lead, and then Claire's like, "No, I'm going to throw my my screen test so so that Camille gets run." Then suddenly she's good now as well. She was sort of set up as a rival. Everyone becomes good at the end, which was sort of frustrating for me. Yeah, it was it, it was interesting. Um, I do think, you know. I, I do think that it, it it fell apart a little bit on the last episode. Um, I'm not sure how yeah. invested I will be in season two because the last episode made like a bunch of really weird decisions, which is funny because I did like the second half of the series more than the first half. But I but then huh. the last episode just like that fake out death to subvert our expectations. I was like, Hollywood, please stop subverting our expectations when it makes no sense and has no like narrative integrity like why 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 yeah. that, that made no sense like i don't know they just seem to be like uh, you know subverting expectations and deconstruction just for the hell of it it was just like a dumb twist yeah um it, it made no sense another example being another example being like the the end of the second last episode it's like they've burned the the film the actual film has been burned and then beginning of the next episode oh we've got another copy you know it's like okay like thanks for the cliffhanger you solved that one real quick though i thought you know yeah yeah it's you know but you know once again i, I don't want to be too hard on it there there are things that no, you know i i can nitpick here and there but overall for his stated intention of making a happier ending for some of these tragic real life stories i thought it it was good and i think you know, like, like is it, I definitely think it is worth watching if somebody is watching this thinking whether they should watch it. I think it's definitely worth watching. It's only seven episodes, which is a nice yeah, size. I feel like if they tried to stretch this to, like, 21 episodes, this would have been, like, a hot mess. But seven episodes, it was clean. I liked the characters. Um, I, 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 well, one thing is that we haven't mentioned the main character, um, Jack, Jack Costello. Um, Fair enough, yeah. I thought he was... <laughs> Everything happens around him, right? Yeah, I think he was kind of bland. I'm not sure I love that they centered the whole story around, uh, you know, 
some random straight white guy. And he didn't like really earn the role. He just magically became good at acting after he wasn't good at acting. I mean, at least with Camille, we know that she was like good the whole time and she worked on it. Um, you know, uh, the, the Darren, the Darren Chris character was, was, was interesting, um, of somebody coming into an, into a new environment and just really, really pushing for what he wants, which is something that mm. a lot of Asians and I imagine, you know, half Asians wouldn't do even, even in, in today's world, because, you know, you sort of go into a new environment, trying to, trying to fit in, trying to work your way up. So I sort of like the message there that he was going to yeah. go in and just ask what he wanted for um, and, and not apologize for it. Um, I think to the, uh, the, the other major character here, uh, we haven't mentioned yet is, is Jeremy Pope, who, who played, who played uh, Archie Coleman, who was the writer of Peg slash Meg. Yes. Um, I, I, I liked his relationship with Rock Hudson. I, I think he was sort mm. of like the emotional heart of the show. Um, they really tried to center a lot of things around him. And I do think he's an example of a character that um, that in the first few episodes was more of a caricature, but over time they they did flesh him out because um, at first it was just too heavy-handed. Um, but then yeah. over time, you know, I started to understand him, and I started to actually care about what he was trying to do and and his motivations. Um, and how, you know, he had that little bit of an arc with Camille where at first he didn't want her to be um, to be lead on his movie because then he'd be considered, you know, black writer, black actress, you know, it'd be a black film. Mm-hmm. And then he had that that growth and, you know, that he was really proud to have her. And so I feel like, you know, I said, I feel like that's what was missing from Camille, like what changed in her character. And in some of these characters too, whereas with... With Archie, he did have like this full circle moment and the journey of the season did fundamentally change who he was. So, you know. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, so I, I actually kind of wish, and I know he was one of the main characters, but, you know, they definitely pushed Jack Costello as the main, main character. And I think it might have served the series better if they made Archie because he had the better character arc. Um for sure, he had more. Uh, he had more conflict in his life and throughout the series that that was really um, that you would invest in more than you would with Jack. It's like you know the the shucks guy from the the Midwest yeah. who's come out to Hollywood, and you know that is a story that we've seen a lot of. So you're right. Like I would, I'm more interested in seeing what this black writer who's taking on Hollywood uh, in 1948 is is about. You know, yeah. and his and his arc is it is it goes from you know you know, meeting guys for hookups in uh, theater to, you know, getting his next picture greenlit at the end by Patti Lapone's character. Mm. So, uh, oh, another prerequisite for, it seems almost every yeah. Ryan Murphy's to have <laughs> Patti Lapone worked into it some way or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and uh, so what, what was your final verdict on Ryan Murphy's Hollywood, would you say? I mean, it's a lark. It's a fun bit of escapism. <laughs> and that's exactly it. It's like if you take it as the fantasy that it is, it's nice to think of a world where we could solve problems like racism and homophobia with movies. You know, that would be that would be great. Um, 
uh, you know, Brokeback Mountain would have changed everything for all gays from now on, right? <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think it's worth worth noting the realities uh, behind it. I mean, you look at, um, you know, Hattie McDaniel won in uh, 1939 mm. uh, for Gone with the Wind. A black woman didn't win uh, an acting Oscar mm. until uh, 1991 when Whoopi Goldberg mm. won it for Ghost. So that's that's over 50 oh, years. So. So when they say at the end of the series, they're like, hey, we're going to cap the, you know, Hollywood's changed because of this one movie mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a lot more people of color and, and women on, on as main characters. I'm like, well, that kind of revisionism for me was taking it a little too far because we, we don't want to forget the realities of what people oh. have had to go through facing racism in Hollywood in particular. It's, it's it, mm-hmm. racism and homophobia is something being fought to this day. So oh. uh, love, love the show, but, you know, watch it with knowing that you need to educate yourself about what really happened, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you put that so, so, so succinctly. Um, I want to, I want to thank, thank you, Robert, for being on the review. I want to thank everybody who is uh, listening or watching on YouTube. If you would like to further explore uh, queer representation in film, you can hit the playlist over here for more, um, and uh, and if you would like to uh, subscribe, hit the subscribe button. I hope I'm pointing to the right thing. It is up in that corner to officially join the Vongtourage. Um, I'm Vong Show. He's Robert Watson. And that's what's up. Okay, cool. Um, so now I'm going to transition to the... Uh, to the other overlay give me just a second and then we'll go into the um debate topic Mm -hmm. okay here we go five second countdown After watching Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan's Hollywood, which is now streaming on Netflix, uh, we, uh, uh, me and me and Robert Watson, really decided that we'd like to dive in a little bit more into the themes of that series, and specifically about the private lives um, of or or the private nature of Hollywood stars who may be in in uh, in uh, same-sex relationships but have not come out um, publicly about that and uh, and you know what what that sort of means why they might not uh, want to share as much about their private life and is it more a personal decision or is it because there's still pressure for them to uh, to not be publicly out uh, and uh, let's head on over to Robert uh, what, what are your feelings um, about this this uh, this phenomenon of, uh, of Hollywood stars still not entirely being uh, being being fully out. Uh, I do think that there's a generational thing uh, and a change that's starting to happen. Uh, simply uh, because you look at so uh, 
so many TV stars or uh, film stars don't talk publicly about their sexuality. But if you actually dig in a little bit further, you find, oh, oh my gosh, uh, Luke Evans has a boyfriend, mm. for example, you know. Um, or uh, you find out about, um, oh, I forget the guy who played Arrow, but uh, uh, him as well. I mostly know him from his Instagram pictures. <laughs> so, um, um, but I mean, Steve, but then you look uh, at some Steven of the... Steven you know, t- Yes, I think that's it. Is that is he the one that's... Oh, gosh. Someone on Arrow is gay, and you found out, and... I mean, not the actor. Whatever his name is. He's good-looking. That's uh, <laughs> one thing I noticed. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but then you go, like, even 10 years ago, stuff like... People were very much mm. uh, still keeping their sexuality on the D on the DL, so to speak, you know, Jodie Foster famously doing that speech where she's talk sort of coming out, but not really. Mm. Um, I mean, you look at the jokes that Ellen and Rosie O'Donnell used to make about being Lebanese, you know, like skirting around the topic (laughs) without really, without really saying anything. Uh, Uh, And, you know, you go further back in Hollywood, of course there becomes more and more. We were just talking about rock Hudson, um, you can talk about someone someone as flamboyant as Liberace not coming mm. out as gay. Um, wow. But I, I do think it's something that's changing, but it's it's a generational thing uh, What from what I see. I mean, I've I've done some acting. I've always been out and gay, but I mean, I open my mouth. Listen to me. You can tell right away. So, <laughs> you know, there's not much hiding it on for, uh, for me. It won't, won't really work. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it, it's definitely interesting in in Hollywood. You know, you brought up uh, you know some some great examples. Like you know, I I do think that you know what happened to Ellen and her her blacklisting for years after she came out on her on her network TV show, like it reverberated for a whole generation, and it took her a long time with her comeback with Finding Nemo, and then her um you know her her talk show. But it was a long time in between. Like it was not guaranteed that Ellen was gonna was gonna come back and, and be around, and that wasn't that long ago. And no, it was. And, and you know, there there there's a lot of examples of of leading men who were getting the the um the the roles of uh, romantic leads, and then after they came out publicly, they weren't getting those roles so much anymore and you know uh, there's always an excuse for why they weren't getting the roles but you know yeah it, it seems like when, when when you're out there always seems to be a quote-unquote uh you know uh somebody better for the job when before you came out there there wasn't so it just has to has mm-hmm. to has to make you think and that's the thing with with homophobia is like you know, very few times is somebody going to actually come out and say, we didn't cast you because you're gay. So you always have to like, there's like, (laughs) you know, implications, inferences, you never know. And it's just always thinking about it and worrying about it. Um, I I say one thing that is nice is that there, there are a lot um, of, of Hollywood stars who, um, who maybe don't, don't talk publicly about being LGBTQ, but, um, you know, it's one of those quote unquote open secrets where everybody kind of knows and at least mm-hmm. at least they're not being like outed, um, you know, of like well, without their own free will to, to come out. So at least there's not like that, yeah, that no maliciousness. Kidding. So at least there is still a little bit of, of protection if somebody doesn't want to come out publicly. Um, you know, I would love for a world where everybody feels comfortable coming out 
so that they don't uh, they're not worried um, about the, the the implications. But you know, I, I also think some people just would prefer to be private as well. But you know, I I I, it, I, I, I do worry that it's not just about people wanting to be private about their lives. Um, and that it's just they don't feel comfortable. Like I think a perfect example is like uh, you know say say with you know she she's sometimes an, an actress, but 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 with 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 Beyonce, right? She very publicly is one of those people who's like I will never answer a personal question, but she will. She also doesn't have to be in the closet about like being straight either. So it's sort of like. No. I do think you could have this privacy where uh, in the future you'd be super private about your private life without having to like hide who your spouse is. I, I think that's beyond privacy. I think that's like, I, I think there, there's, there's some level of fear or shame in that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when the idea that something is attached to fear, like the reason you don't come out is fear for your future livelihood or or fear for being ostracized or you know of course in this social media world that we live in where you know someone wants to bully you all they have to do is <sighs> you know put your handle on twitter and start saying some awful things um yeah i mean i can understand why some people might uh not come out um i certainly understand why back in you know back in golden age of hollywood people like rock hudson were coming out they'd be absolutely ruined mm -hmm. Um, and it's so like some of the sadness in, that I felt in, in looking up all of these, you know, sort of old Hollywood actors. Like there's also, uh, you know, even even as far back as like the Brady Bunch, uh, uh, Rick Reed, who played uh, Mike, was like a very closeted mm. uh, uh, actor. And and you find out about about that they were that in the 80s, you found out that they were gay because they had 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 AIDS and had died. Mm. And. And that just the incredible amount of, of, of sadness for me about that's how people found out and it becomes a scandal in and of itself. And of course, with all the stigma that was attached to AIDS in the 80s, um, oh. I mean, it really is only the last 20 years has, has been such a watershed in, in the idea of acceptance. Um, I mean, we still got a long ways to go. But, you know, even someone like um, Jaden Smith. Uh, Will and Jada's uh, uh, son, or they might they might go by non-binary um, hmm. uh, identification, but uh, uh, Jaden Smith saying whatever they want about their sexuality or dressing whatever, being in being dressing in a dress in Vogue, hmm. or you know, and that goes to like Harry Styles even, and it's like people aren't even questioning their sexuality though, or if they're it's like if they're bi, it's like you know, hey, they're bi, oh. and, and girls are still like, I can still have a crush on him and still idolize him as a teen idol. Um, which is something that would not have occurred in the 80s at all, mm. you know, uh, which is funny considering how much uh, music stars in particular loved uh, dressing up and making their hair and makeup like women. Yeah. But, you know, uh, homophobia is weird. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, uh, just, just, just to wrap up, how, how do you think things are now versus you know, when all that stuff happened with Ellen and then versus the golden age of Hollywood, like, is there some hope in 2021? Because I just tend to be such a pessimistic person. But so I, I like to look back on the overall history to show that, you know, there's there's yeah. some progress um, for sure. Um, 
I think, uh, I, mean, I mean, there's so many places where Hollywood and just society in general has has done wrong uh, in regards to, you know, white supremacy and systemic racism. So, and, and systemic homophobia. There's so many things to solve. And it's a hard thing to solve all at the same moment. And I, and I do really, you know, we've seen over the last couple of years, uh, focus on women in the Me Too mo- movement, Black Lives Matters, uh, of, of course, being as important. And then seeing, seeing representation reflected in our media. And that is uh, definitely on a local level. I feel, uh, you know, in Toronto, in theater, in comedy, uh, that is something that uh, a lot of people are reckoning with and and find, and working towards reconciling. Uh, I mean, ho- hopefully uh, everyone's doing that. I think there should be more of that. I don't know when, when, uh, when gay people or gay men will have their moment where it's like, you get cast as anything because you're just the right guy for the role. So I don't know how much, mm-hmm. I think, I think there, there are men in the closet right now in Hollywood who are probably big stars and we still don't know. Mm. So, uh, and that's their choice. I respect that choice, but I wish we lived in a world where that didn't matter. And I hope that we get there. I don't think we're going to be there for a while. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, I. Sorry, I could have been more positive, couldn't I? Like Ellen was great. Ellen did a lot for us, though. <laughs> no, Ellen, 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 Ellen is is definitely great. Um, yeah, it's just uh, yeah. Pro- progress is good, and I think we should celebrate the progress and at least. Absolutely. You know, know, but also recognize there's a lot to go. Like like last week we had reviewed uh, it's it's a sin, and you know the the fact that they could cast more um, more gay actors in gay roles is um, is is something that they couldn't do um, as recently as uh, as 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 queer as folk, which you know really wasn't that long ago. Like clearly that was during during our lifetimes and. Um, yeah. So you know, I'm I I'm hopeful. <laughs> I I do hope that uh, that you know, especially because I'm starting to get into into acting now, and you know, I would love to play yeah. a, a straight uh, a romantic lead kissing a girl. Could you imagine that, Robert? Could you? You need to sweep that woman off her feet. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's going to be as big a fairy tale as the Hollywood show that we were talking about. <laughs> I can just imagine that scene where I'm trying to convince everybody watching that I am in love with a woman. And, you know, that's that's acting. That is acting. Yeah. Um, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you can... But I, I love women, but being in love with women and trying to convince people that, that they'll believe it. I mean, for me in particular. I mean, there's a lot... Like, I, I'm... <laughs> Yes, there are actors. There are gay actors who can do that. I probably am not one of them. <laughs> so I definitely want to see. You know, I I, I really want to see people like Rupert Everett back on the yes. screen because he did such a wonderful job. And I, I would. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.